everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the IDS Basketball Podcast. My name is Zan Piarly. And I'm Josh Eastern. We are going to talk all things men's and women's basketball from the Indiana Hoosiers. The seasons have started. Pretty good start for the men's. Up and down start so far for the women's. Um, men's coming off a big win against North Carolina this past week at Assembly Hall. Their win streak at Assembly Hall is now 23 straight. Josh, what is your biggest take so far from the first couple games? Obviously, the men having success against Kansas, North Carolina, the one lull against Fort Wayne. The women, not, not IPFW. Not IPFW. Let's just make that clear. The women kind of having an up and down sort of deal. A lot of road games, a lot of you know tough games to come out with and start to learn from that. What's your biggest takeaway, either team? My biggest takeaway. Let's let's start with the men. Um, I mean, they've they've come out and they've kind of been what people expect them to be. I think they they started the season thirteen, I believe. Yes. And they've they've shown that they're thirteenth or maybe even better than that. They came out beat Kansas week or in in the first game of the season, and they've really continued that on. I know Fort Wayne was a, a little bit of a blip in the system, but I mean that North Carolina win was no fluke. They led wire to wire in that game. They led for thirty nine forty. And that's that's basically the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this this past weekend, SAU Edwardsville and, and and SEMO Southeast Missouri State, uh, they they did what they, what they needed to do. They scored eighty three points in both games. I find that very interesting. <laughs> um, but no, they they've done what they need to do. They've beaten good teams so far. And right now, I think they have the two best wins in the country. Looking at the women, um, they started off. I think what what everybody expected: two wins at home against Presbyterian and Vanderbilt. Then they went out on the road for a little two game set. Uh, they beat, excuse me. They beat Chattanooga, which is a very tough place to win. They went to Chattanooga and got a three-point win. How many? How many losses has Chattanooga had at home in the past? What three years? Was I think it was five. Five. Yeah, five. It's incredible. And they had, they had just lost to Florida a couple of days before. Mm-hmm. It was the first time they lost two in a row since. And like Indiana plays Florida later on in the year. Correct. So a little three-way series mm-hmm. right there. But then they went to Western Kentucky, dropped a tough one on the road. Came back home against against UMass Lowell. I guess this this Indiana basketball program has a little <laughs> little home and home thing with that. Not home and home, but men's and women's. Uh, both both scheduled them. Indiana had had no trouble with them, and then they've lost the last two games to Auburn and NC State. They've struggled on the road a little bit. Uh, Terry Moore though wanted to get these games on the road to kind of build some character for this team and teach those those freshmen kind of what it takes to play at Indiana and the seniors. It's kind of up to them to. To lead the way, and or and, and Tyra Bus and Amanda Cahill are both juniors, but it's that older group that's trying to lead the way, and uh, they're they're trying to figure out how to win on the road. And looking at this upcoming schedule for the women, they play a hefty schedule again, three games this week. Mm-hmm. North Texas tomorrow on the road once again. What can what do we know about North Texas? What are you looking at from the Mean Green? The Mean Green on a Tuesday afternoon game. In Denton, Texas. Yeah, this is this interesting. It's probably like field trip day for like like different yeah, schools you, around the area. The game. I, I guess uh, that's what Megan Cramper, the the SID, had to say about that. Mm-hmm. Is why it might have been at twelve thirty. But uh, I expect Indiana to 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 win this game. They they need to win this game. It's it's a coming home party for for Bree Wickware, who's from Denton, Texas, ten minutes away from North Texas. Um, they need to come out and and play well in this game. I know it's on the road. I know it's early, but. Uh, assistant coach Rhett Rhett Weersba was talking on the on the post game radio show after the North uh, the the NC State game, and he said we need to play with energy for the full forty minutes. They didn't mm-hmm. really do that against NC State. They had a huge comeback that fell just short. But this this North Texas team not very good. Just two and five. 
only one player in double figures that or averages double dig, double figure points with with just 12 points. So I expect them to come out and win this game. Then the next three games are at home. Uh, I could see them getting a little hot going into that Florida game a couple weeks down the road. Yeah, you talked about Red Weirs, but talking about the energy needing to sustain that through the four, full four quarters. Against Auburn, they had a big lead, lost it. Against NC State, they were down big, came back and made it a game, but then right. towards the end it kind of faded away. What What do you think this IU team needs to do to sustain that energy through all four quarters and not just lean on Tyra Buss, who had 38 against NC State, a phenomenal performance, but right. they know that they can't just lean on her. What What do they have to do in order to make up for that? Uh, they need to play con- consistent basketball. I feel like one there's there's one stat, and I wrote this in my preview today, there's one stat every game mm-hmm. that just dooms them, whether it's free throw shooting, whether it's rebounding, whether it's their actual field goal percentage. There's just one thing each game. They really haven't put together a full game on the road uh, at, at home against Vanderbilt and against Presbyterian and, and, and UMass Lowell. That really hasn't been an issue. They've come out, they've won those games by at least 30 points each. But on the road, it's, it's a little bit, little bit of, a, of a different story. They're playing a little tougher competition on the road. Uh, but once they put this whole thing together, I think they're going to be really good. Last year, they, they started off a little rough. Uh, this year, maybe a little bit more so, but I feel like they're trending in the right direction. They had a t- two tough losses in a row, but there's plenty of time to get back on track. North Texas gives them that, that opportunity. But if they play consistent basketball in all facets, facets of the game, they'll be fine down the road. And when looking at this Indiana men's team, this is a, a, a team that went through a really grueling stretch this past week, four games in eight days. Yeah. They went 4-0. and they survived all of them. All of them were at home at Assembly Hall, including the big one against number three North Carolina on Wednesday. Um, just takeaways from the North Carolina game in particular. I know it's extremely tough to win in Assembly Hall right. whenever you have the crowd that hyped up. You know, camping out for more than 24 hours before the game. It's it was really an incredible atmosphere when you we were going through. You know, the line talking to people, seeing how long they've been out there, and just all of. All of that plus the 1981 team coming back yeah. that adds an, another element mm-hmm. that's you know beyond what any, anyone could expect. But what was your what was your biggest take from the North Carolina game specifically? I think it was that they came out the way and and played the way that they did. I mean they came out it was five nothing, and they really just had all the momentum in the gym. because because if they come out and and aren't shooting the ball well or turning it over. Or are, or are not playing good defense. North Carolina is going to stay in that game. The crowd won't be in it. Mm-hmm. But they got off on. I, I said it on the broadcast. I was doing it for for WIUX. It, it could not have started any better no. for them than it did. It, it really could. It, it was it was really incredible mm-hmm. to to see them get off to that start and then sustain it for basically forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And then talking about the energy, I'm sure. I think Tom Crean had some things to say about that. Individuals have it. It's amazing how well they play on the offensive end. When you have it as a team, um, it's hard to lose. And we can get a lot better on that. We can get a lot better on the offensive end. I mean, there's, we can get a lot better all the way around. But defensive energy and rebounding tenacity are the keys. Whenever, okay, so obviously North Carolina game was huge. Indiana tw- was up 26-9 to at one point, setting the tone. But looking ahead or looking past that game, at the end of North Carolina, OG Ananobi goes down with an right. ankle injury after after he dunks. You know, typical OG. OG makes a great play and gets hurt. Like, what's up right. with that? Of course. But then you have two cupcake games against SIU Edwardsville and Southeast Missouri State Friday and Sunday, just days after you played one of the biggest games of your season so far. 
what I, what my biggest takeaway from that was still bringing the energy even when the crowd wasn't there. It, right. On Sunday against Southeast there was, Missouri there, State, there was nobody there. There was no sure. one there. There was absolutely yeah. nobody there. And I think some of that might have had to do with the game being changed from 6 o'clock to 4 o'clock. You know, students see 6 o'clock on their tickets. Right. They don't really tend to look anywhere yeah, it's else. it's Sunday, too. And it's a Sunday. You know, people are studying. They're trying to do homework. They've been partying all weekend, <laughs> you know. But I think bringing that own, the own energy that they can to the game is what's really key for Indiana whenever the crowd's not there. And I think they did a great job of that on Friday and Sunday. Yeah, and I, on on Sunday especially, I, I don't think they got off to necessarily the – or they, they got off to a great start mm-hmm. in that game. I think they're up 20-4 to four or yeah, something like four. that. And then after that, I, th- I feel like they kind of lost a little bit. I don't know if it was because the people from the bench were coming in or what it necessarily was, but they, they just seemed a bit off from about the 10-minute mark mm-hmm. until halftime. Yeah, I agree. Then, and, then, and then after the – after that halftime, I think Crean probably got on got on on them uh, in the locker room a little bit, and then they they ended up blowing them away. But um, it's 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 sustaining that that energy because coming up, I mean, you have Houston Baptist and you have Butler. You're gonna have energy for that Butler game. Right. But Houston Baptist, Delaware State, and Austin P. There's those are all two of those games are are during break, so there's mm-hmm. not gonna be any students here. I don't know what the crowd's going to be like for those games, what what the energy around this program's going to be like for, for those few games, but they're going to have to kind of manufacture that with within themselves a little bit. And I think the person that brings the energy to this team the most is Thomas Bryant. And what Thomas Bryant can do whenever he's not scoring the basketball is phenomenal, okay? I know he only he was one for two from the field Sunday against Southeast Missouri State. But it didn't matter. He had seven points, five, he, five of them from the free throw line. So why doesn't it matter? Because the guy still brought down ten rebounds, had four blocks, three mm-hmm. steals, and three assists. That's that's a phenomenal. That's like an OG and an OB stat line right. from from like last year, right? And you know, not getting getting much in the the scoring production, but showing that he's still there and he can still be a factor even whenever he's not putting up, he's not lighting up the scoreboard. Other guys are doing that. What I like about this team a lot is that the depth that they have, that Thomas Bryant doesn't have to score for them to be successful. I mean, Tom Crane would like Thomas Bryant to score, and I think with if Thomas Bryant will score, they will be very successful, but he doesn't have to. And I think that's great for them as a team, and a little bit of uh, getting some energy in Thomas Bryant. Uh, Tom Crane, what what did he do to get— Gave him a little chest bump. Yeah, gave him a little chest bump, and uh, let's hear about that. Wants to play at a level um, moving forward where this is an average week, right? And and he wants to do it for decades plus, a decade plus, right? So he, he was putting too much pressure on himself, not having fun. I mean, and that's that's when he's at his best. I agree with what Tom Crean said and yep. did a hundred percent. Yep. Because at that point in time, whenever Thomas Thomas had made a fa- fantastic hustle play, you know mm-hmm. he's always diving, he's always throwing his body out there. He he's loves to flexing do that. his He's arms. always flexing. He's always yelling. He loves assembly hall. He loves getting that place rowdy. And what he di- what he was doing, he was he was kind of slow offensively, and just Tom he had the hustle play. Southeast Missouri State got the ball back, but Tom called him over to the bench and just gave him a little bump. And that's all it needed. Just reminded him that he needs to have fun when he's out there. Yeah. And when he's having fun, that's when he's at his best. And so I really like the move right there by Tom, just getting his players into it and just showing that, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Like, why can't we play with this energy all the time? And just finding that energy within himself rubbed off on his teammates a lot. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know why, but I was watching Tom Crean like when this all happened, and I, I don't know why I was watching him because the play was it was it was it was it was a dead ball, mm-hmm. and I just saw Tom Crean coming over. I thought he was just gonna like put his arm around and like tell him something. Mm-hmm. Instead, he starts sticking out his chest <laughs> and like bumps him, and, and Thomas Bryant like like reciprocated that too, and it, it was it was perfect. But no, I mean this this is big, and I I I know Thomas Bryant did, did not have a great game, uh, just just one for two from the or didn't have a great game in the scoring category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. What what I've kind of been surprised with this season is Deron Davis. He came out, scored 14 points yesterday, and had five rebounds in 16 minutes. That's absolutely fantastic, and that's exactly what this Indiana team needs, and that goes back to your point about depth. This team, you can bring Curtis Jones off the bench, who I've been very impressed with. Devontae Green, maybe not so much, but I feel like he still has time to, to Devontae to Green's still developing very yes. much. And and Zach McRoberts, kind of the, the unsung hero, mm-hmm. I think, of this uh, of this young season. I don't think he played much against North Carolina, if at all. Um, but just kind of what he brings to this team, he's He's like he's he's similar to Colin Hartman, just does not have that that leadership. I feel like right. and that confidence. I, I feel like he's still growing into that. He's a walk on, but he brings something to this team a, a, a little bit of a sense of of grit that this team doesn't 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 not necessarily have. And I think that's going to speak volumes about what he means to this team down the road. Let me say this about Zach McRoberts, and then we'll circle around to Duran Davis. Zach McRoberts is the ultimate spark plug for this team. Yes. Whenever Tom Crean feels that you know their team's getting down a little bit, or things are starting to go their way. He puts in Zach McRoberts, and instantly he'll make a play, or he'll die for a loose ball, or whatever. Against SIU Edwardsville, Indiana was down four nothing, and didn't they missed their first eight shots? Yeah, he subs in Zach McRoberts for Thomas Bryant on cue. Zach McRoberts makes a nice play, gets open off a screen, and hits a three, wide open three, yep. four three. Indiana takes the lead on the other side of the media timeout, 5-4. They never trail the rest of the game. Just the little things that he does is so critical to this team, and I really like him as a player. Now, when looking at Deron Davis, this guy has come a long way in a short amount of time. He had an Achilles injury. First of all, he got to school late. Right. He had some academic issues to take care of back in Colorado before he came to Indiana. Didn't get here until um, late August. I think like like when when school started. Yeah, like yeah. when school started. Exactly. He didn't get here till school started. You know, other guys have been here since June. You know, working, doing workouts and whatnot. He wouldn't. He didn't get here till August. He's two months behind, and and then on top of that, he has an Achilles injury. So slowly, Tom Crean has been working Deron Davis back into the lineup. He said he's had him on hockey shifts, which yeah. he'd play like you know two three minutes. You know, right. go all out and then sub him out and then have him sit and then you know maybe come back two three minutes whatever. Against SIU Edwardsville and Southeast Missouri State, he had 14 points, and that was absolutely huge. If Deron Davis didn't have those 14 points against SIUE, Indiana was looking at a very close ball game compared to and what they did not want to get into. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not, I'm not saying it was an, it would be another Fort Wayne type deal, but it would have been a lot closer than what they would would have liked, especially with you know Thomas Thomas Bryant and James Blackman that game. Were a combined five of twenty-one from the field. Yeah. So having him and this this conversation does not get completed unless we talk about Jawan Morgan. Oh, absolutely. I I, I feel like he's like the forgotten he child is, of this whole bunch. Jawan Morgan is the forgotten child of the Indiana Hoosiers, and he is the best teammate there is. And Tom Crane loves his tenacity. His teammates love what he brings. What does Juwan bring to this team that's just so phenomenal and will help them only get better as the season goes on? 
I mean, he he doesn't miss his sh- miss shots. I mean, just just to start off, he's made his last twelve. Yeah, I believe. he's 12 of, twelve of twelve in, in the last two games. I mean, he he brings a type of versatility that Tom Crean, like this is Tom Crean's player right here. Mm-hmm. If if you needed a player to show the world what Tom Crean wanted, it is Jawan Morgan. He can play the one, he can play the two, he can play the three, play the four, he can probably play the five yeah. if you really need him to. He can play all, every position. And he's going to give you his best effort night in and night out. And what's really impressed me is he's worked on his three ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. He knocked one down against Southeast Missouri State. I feel and like SIU. he's he, and, and SIU. Yeah. And he's he. I feel he's getting more comfortable with that shot, and that just brings another dimension mm-hmm. to his game. He's just continuing to grow in front of our eyes, and we all forget about him. Mm-hmm. I mean. Before the season, it was it was OG Ananobi. I, I think OG Ananobi was overshadowing Jawan Morgan just because they're they're kind of similar players a little bit. But OG Ananobi is getting those. He's got those, a lot. Those NBA OG's got a lot people. more upside when yes. it comes to NBA. Jawan is great. Is great upside, and I think four years at Indiana will prove him. Oh you know, yeah, wonders when he if he tries to go to the league after this. But I think what OG has right now is great upside, and Juwan doesn't have that quite yet. But Juwan is getting there, and he's being a very important piece to this Indiana team. Yeah, he's he's working extremely hard, and he's he's playing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to in the end. He got it in the starting lineup against uh, Southeast Missouri State, and he's he's showing you why he's he's deserving of of these minutes. He didn't really play that much last year that, uh, towards the end of the season. He he had shoulder issues mm-hmm. and and whatnot. He got that fixed. I feel like he's he's yeah, ready to go for the season. I think that's another thing we forget about is that this is a guy who had was two weeks before the season he was fully cleared to play. Yeah. He didn't even play in the scrimmage in Hoosier, Hoosier hysteria. Right. He was a coach on the sideline. Colin Hartman was a coach of one team. Jawan Morgan was a coach of I, another. I team. I think that's great. I think that's incredible too because that shows how much you know trust Tom Crean has in this young guy. He's just a sophomore, but I feel like every time he's someone that they can look up to. And he said he even said it. He he wants to be the guy that knows all five positions. That if someone you know has a question, like on the floor during the middle of a game, doesn't know where to go, he can point them in the right direction. And I think that's fantastic for everything that he he does and everything he stands for. I don't know if it's you who who pointed this out or somebody else, but I feel like, or it was it was during a press conference. I don't know which game it was because I I wasn't there. But there was a question asked and and nobody wanted to answer it. And Jawan was up there, and everybody mm-hmm. just like looked at Jawan. Yeah, was like you answer this question. Yep. And I feel like he's he's kind of like that, just kind of kind of like that father figure on this team because <laughs> he's he's not that old. He's he's just a sophomore. Yeah. He's by far not the the oldest player. Nineteen on this team. years old, right? But he <laughs> he brings such a a calming attitude mm-hmm. to this team and and such a sense of maturity, and that's going to speak volumes for this team down the road. He's he's a very important piece to this team in the long run. So before we wrap this up. Um, Josh is the women's basketball beat reporter. I'm the men's basketball beat reporter. So, Josh, if there is one person you were to pinpoint, player, coach, who was the MVP for the women's basketball team through their first seven games? I'd probably have to say Tyra Buss. Yeah. And she she scored 38. She's scoring in double figures every game. But a close second would be Alexis Gassin. Gassian. She reached that 1,000-point mark. Just like Tyra busted a few weeks ago, she's starting to become kind of a combo guard where she can uh, rebound, she can dish it out, and and she can score. And I was talking with with Jake Tomer, who's the other uh, women's basketball beat, beat, uh, beat reporter with me, and, and he said 
if there's one player on this team who's going to get a triple-double this year, it's going to be Alexis Gassian. So that's just something to look out for. But <laughs> Tyra Buss and I think probably 1B one, one would be Alexis Gassian. Good call. Um, for the men's side, I, I think a lot of people want to point at James Blackman for the early scoring that he's done or Thomas Bryant for the energy he brings or even Jawan Morgan for right now and OG for you know Jawan Morgan stepping up really big for OG. But I think this is another person that we forget about, and it's Robert Johnson. Yeah. Right now, Robert Johnson is the MVP of this team, and I apologize, Robert, that I have not talked about you this entire time, but you are the MVP right now. He had a quiet 17 points on Sunday. I don't think it was that quiet. I I, I was noticing him. He was doing it all. You were noticing him, but I'll, I'll tell you what. When I was walking down from the press area, going down to uh, the press room at the, end of the, at the end of the game, and Chuck Krabs on the PA saying, uh, Robert Johnson with 17 points, I walked past a lady. She goes, oh, wow, he had 17 points. I kid you not. Wow. I kid you not. He does everything right, he, and it starts with defense. He moves his feet incredible on defense. Against North Carolina, he forced three steals in the first half, and that set the tone incredibly. Shut down Joel Berry. Joel Berry is an elite point guard, and yeah. him, and Robert Johnson and the rest of the Hoosier guards shut him down. He was, I think, one of eight from the field yeah. at one point. And, finished, and, and, and he came in averaging 17 points yes, a game. Yes, he finished with eight points, and he was three of 13 from the field. Yeah. What Robert Johnson does on defense and offense, and as well as a, from a leadership standpoint, is phenomenal. He he came into this year the most starts of, out of anyone on this Hoosier team, and he's showed it week in and week out. And I could not have been more impressed from Robert Johnson so far this season. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely fantastic for mm-hmm. this team on offense and on defense, and he's been a leader. And he's he's kind of like that that. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to say father figure, but he's like that that older leader on this team. Yeah. He's a junior, right? They don't. And, they're only senior. Colin Hartman's out, right? And and he's out. So it's kind of up to him and James Blackman Jr. to be those quote. Unquote, I, I I don't like to like necessarily like say you're a senior leader just because mm. you're a senior, but like they're they're, they're experienced. They're, they're experienced leaders. Yeah. yeah, and then that's what this team needs. And also Robert Johnson, play us out, Josh. Also Robert Johnson. Uh, we forget about him coming off the ankle injury as well. So not only was Jawan Morgan out for a very long time, Robert Johnson too came back. You know, really early this year wasn't wasn't full go right. all summer. You know, and he's proved proved to be great. Yeah. So I don't know. Any any final thoughts? Um, no. I mean, just just looking at the women's schedule, they got three games at home uh, coming up. I mean, you got Northern Kentucky, Valpo, and then Oakland next week. So, I mean, this is a chance for the Hoosiers to kind of get back on track, improve on that 4-3 and three record to start the season. As for the men, they will play Houston Baptist just one game. Barn burner. This Saturday at Assembly Hall, 4 p.m. We'll, maybe we'll see you there. I'll be there. Will you be there? I'll be on, on color. I'm doing color for WIUX. He's for doing color for WIUX. So tune in. So if you can't make it to Assembly Hall to see my pretty face, you can listen to Josh's beautiful voice. On WIUX. We got faces for radio. We, they, they got faces for radio. You heard it here first. So, this has been the first edition of the Indiana Basketball Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. My name's Zampiarly, along with Josh Eastern. We'll see you next time.